0: that is www.worldovercomers.church podcast. Enjoy the message.
1: Uh, amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. More money, less lazy. More money, less lazy. If I can draw your attention to the verse that we just read, it's a verse I've quoted quite a bit. Beloved, I pray in all things that you may prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. You ever heard the phrase, don't judge the book by its cover? It's an older phrase, I suppose. Don't judge the book by its cover. It's a nice idea. It's a nice concept. The challenge is that most of the time we judge books by the cover. There's a great passage of scripture that, that says that man looks on the outside, God looks at the heart. So we have a tendency to focus on the fact that while God looks at the heart, and that's one of the things that's wonderful about the Lord is that he looks inside. He sees the thoughts and attitudes and intentions of our heart. The Bible says that the word of God is living and active, sharpened in any two-edged sword, sharp to the dividing of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, the word judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's power is that he can look through you and see what you meant, see what you intended. He can see what your thoughts were and a part of the reason why we sit and allow ourselves to be judged by the word or all of creation laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. When we're giving an account to God, we're not just giving an account of our actions, we're also giving an account of our intentions. What did I mean? It's not just that I said I was sorry but wasn't really sorry. Because I can say sorry and not be sorry. I can say something and not really mean it. And so my thoughts, my attitudes, my intentions. And so a part of the power of God is that he judges what's on the inside. And that's an amazing thing about God. And we have a tendency to just take that verse or just take that scripture and only take one part of it. That God looks at the heart without understanding that man looks at the outside. Humans look at the outside. People look at the outside. God sees your heart, but man sees the cover. And so when we talk about giving glory to God, or great as this worship service was, as amazing as this is, a great part of what gives God glory is the reflection on the outside of what God is doing on the inside. It's not enough just for you to be like, oh, well, I know I love Jesus in my heart, and I know I have God on the inside. That's wonderful. But if it's really on the inside, it ought to reflect on the outside. We ought to be able to tell that you know God. We ought to be able to tell that you go to... We ought to be able to tell that you have a prayer life. You you shouldn't have to convince people that you have a prayer life. We ought to be able to tell that you have a prayer life, and we shouldn't be mad about it because people... Judge books by the cover. I bumped into an old friend. I was in Oklahoma, and I bumped into an old friend and uh, actually a roommate that I had all the way back when I was 17, 18 years old, and, we had, and we, he was outside of a store, and it was just a chance meeting. I haven't seen him for 40 years, and, uh, and, it's a, and it was incredible. Oh, my God, hey. And I came over. I noticed him, and when I noticed him, he looked at me. He got out of his car, and then he immediately said to me, don't look in my car. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around somebody and they told you not to do something. Listen, the minute somebody says, don't look in my car, the first thing you're going to do is look in their car. He never should have said, don't look in my car, because that's immediately what I did. And when I looked in that car, Oh, the glory. Oh, the stuff I saw in that car. He had everything in that car. He had a bowling ball in that car. He had some weights in that car. He had a box of Wheaties with Bruce Jenner on I mean, he had a tent in that car. He had a sleeping bag. He had, he had some banjo. I mean, he had just about everything at in that car. His car was a mess, and I thought either A, you are living in your car, B, you have come from some kind of really wonderful Costco, or... Your car is a reflection of your mind. When I look in your car and it's chaos in there, in a sense, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at, when I look in your room, if your room is chaotic, it is very difficult to have peace in a chaotic room because the chaos is a reflection of the chaos in your mind. You're not supposed to have a bowling ball and a banjo in your backseat of your car. Things have a place. And in essence, I'm sorry, but your outside is a reflection of your inside. So the writer John says, I pray above all things that you might prosper and be in good health. Even as your soul prospers. It's not enough. Just for your soul to prosper. Not enough just for you to say hallelujah. Not enough just for you to have church. I know that they told us, long as I got King Jesus, long as I got King Jesus, I don't need nobody. Well, praise God for that. But that's not true. You need King Jesus and you need some chicken. You need King Jesus and you need a job. Need King Jesus, hey, you need a bed to sleep in. You know, having Jesus and walking is different than having Jesus and driving. And the idea that Jesus is all the world to me, He's all I need, Jesus is all I need, that is a slave mentality. We are the only ones that want to judge our world by how much Jesus we have while everybody else gets to have Jesus and land and everybody else gets to have Jesus and blessing. And every we're singing, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather have Jesus than riches untold. Well, I would rather have Jesus and some, I wish I had, I would rather have Jesus and some land. I want Jesus and everything else. I want what everything's supposed to be for me i want what belongs to me i don't want your stuff i want what's mine i need a witness in the building i want what's mine whatever god has for me i want what he has for me and i'm not letting anybody talk me out of what god has for me because the bible says ultimately people are going to judge this book by the cover this is a really awesome time to be a believer. This is a really amazing time to have faith. This is a really a awesome, awesome time for you to step out on faith. I don't know if anybody's stepping out on faith, but this is a great time to do it because there's more doubt about God than ever. People don't believe in God. People aren't sure about God. Folks don't go to church no more. And so the Lord is about to show himself strong. In the Lord is about to show the whole world what can happen if God ever gets involved. God is about to break out amongst us. I speak it in the name of Jesus. And a part of the way he's going to do it is not just that you're happier. Well, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It sure is. If I got some money in the bank, it sure is. If I know where my rent's gonna get paid, it sure is. I don't want us. I, I fussed at the at the worship team. I'm like, don't get up here every week and say, you didn't know where your money was gonna come from. I, I didn't know how my rent was gonna get paid. I, I didn't know how I was gonna eat tomorrow. I don't want to only minister to the poor. I don't mind ministering to the poor, but I want somebody to have an expectation that God will take them to another level. I want somebody to have an expectation that this global gospel is not just for poor people. I want somebody to have an expectation that just because we're people of color does not mean we have to be broke and lost and upset and busted and disgusted and ain't got no money and ain't got no job. The devil is a liar. It is God's plan for you to prosper and be in good health even Your soul prospers. I need a witness in this building. Somebody better talk to me. He said, I pray above all things that your outside would be a reflection of what's going on on the inside. God is in your life. Folk ought to know it. You got a real prayer life, folk ought to know it. I'm amazed at how many folk think they're prophetic and broke as a joke. If you're so prophetic, then you ought to be able to see what's happening. Oh, well, if you got so much prophecy, okay great if you got so much tongues then why isn't God talking to you about what's coming next? You know what I want God to talk to you about? I want him to talk to you about the next market. I want him to talk to you about the next depressed area. I speak it, I speak it. I want God to tell you where to invest. I want God to tell you where to buy. I want you to buy low and sell high. I want God to bless you coming and going. I want God to bless you in the city and in the field. I want you to be be the head and not the tail. I want you to be above and not beneath. I want you to always be at the top, never at the bottom. I'm so sick and tired of us being broke. I don't know what to do with myself. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. We can't stay slaves forever. We must be free. We must be free. Give us free. I'm saying, God, give us free. Set us free. Don't just set us free from the devil. Set us free from poverty set us free from lack set us free from the lack of knowledge that keeps us destroyed i think i'm talking to somebody in the room i think i'm talking to somebody around the world you hear what i'm saying to you beloved i pray above all things that you will prosper prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers You got a prayer life, you ought to be healthy in your body. Let's rebuke sickness in the name of Jesus. No high blood pressure, no death, no cancer. The devil is a liar. If we eat any deadly thing, it shall not hurt us. So all these poisons that are being fed to us, we got to rebuke that stuff in the name. You got to pray over your food. And then you have to reevaluate what you put in your body. Because the Bible says, yeah, you ought to prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Can't have a prayer life and not work out. Well, sit down, sit down. I'm sorry. Can't, you can't talk to Jesus and not drink water. Can't be drinking Mountain Dew in the name of Jesus. Pastor, I need you to pray for me so the, Lord, so the Lord will heal me of my high blood pressure. In Jesus' name. Woo! My high blood pressure is healed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's celebrate. What are we going to do? Let's go get a bacon and egg and cheese sandwich and all the fries you can give me. Wait a minute. How can we ask God to heal you and then you keep the same mentality? My God. How can God heal you? So he's going to heal your body and you stay the same I need a financial miracle. Hallelujah. Sounds wonderful. But once God breaks the yoke, once God opens the door, once God takes your business to a next level, what will you do then? Can you manage it? Because if you have not been able to be faithful over the little, you will not be able to handle the much. I was reading an article the other day about a particular basketball player, young player. I won't say his name, but he's somebody who has been described. Now he's facing suspensions and all kinds of stuff. I won't say his name because I don't want to throw shade at the young man because he's just a kid. 24, 25, you're just a kid to me, sorry. And so I know we expect him to act like a grown man, but is any man in here glad you ain't living with the decis- uh, Anybody glad you ain't 25 no more? I wish a brother would be like, oh, Oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not 25. I see your gray hair, bro. Wear it well because them gray hair, that, that's experience, that's wisdom, and you know you was dumb when you was 25. I know everybody in here 25 is like, I'm not dumb. Yes, you are. reading this article and they were talking about the issues that they're dealing with him now that have never showed up before all through high school, all through AAU, all through college. He was the most humble, most hardworking, most gym rat, most always there. Something about money. My God. Something about signing a great big NBA contract. you got to be careful that your blessing does not corrupt you. You have to be careful that the blessing, you got to deal with you and whatever's on the inside of you and whoever's around you that's not going to help you to be prosperous because just because you get money don't mean you're going to live better. It's hard to be faithful over a lot when you were not consistent with the little. I'm not just looking at you I'm looking at your soul Tell somebody I'm looking at your soul. Oh, help us all. Tell somebody else, say I'm looking at your soul. When I look at you, I'm looking at your soul. When I look at your face, I'm looking at your soul. When I'm looking at your car, I'm looking at your soul. When I look at your house, I'm looking at your soul. When I look at your bank account, I'm looking at your soul. Sometimes folk are looking at me funny and they're trying to be impressive, but I'm like, I'm seeing right through and I'm looking at your soul. And my prayer is that your soul will do better because you can't possibly have a soul that's together and your thinking is this off. Don't tell me you're saved when your thinking is so immature. Don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost and you this faulted. You're this impoverished. You, you can't be. You It's not pop. Really, your. Outside is a reflection of where you are internally, and if you're not happy with the outside, then it then what needs to happen is you got to do whatever you need to do to get the inside together. Prosperity, health. Is a measure of the soul. Now, if you're familiar with World Overcomers, and I'm gonna get to the text, but if you're familiar with World Overcomers, let me just, it's a foundational concept that I've been sharing for 20 years now, and that is that you have victory in every area of your life. The theme or mission statement of World Overcomers that God gave me is balanced victory for the God designed life. That means I want your victory to be balanced. I don't just want you to be victorious spiritually. I was raised by people who were victorious spiritually and weak everywhere else. Couldn't get no amens on that, but I was raised by people who could pray you out the room, who could call on God, who could feel the Holy Ghost, and left from praying, healing, delivering, and casting out devil demons to go and living in the projects. Some of the greatest. Prayer warriors I ever met was as broke as a joke and died penniless and with nothing. And we acted like that was okay. We gave them a great deal of respect for their power in the Holy Spirit without having an expectation of them experiencing victory in every area of their life. I'm sorry, I'm just talking. It's all right. I don't need no amens if I'm talking about your grandmama, it's all right because I'm talking about mine. Because I got to a place where I was like, I don't even know if I'm interested in this Jesus thing. I did not want to be a preacher because to me, it must not work how can you know God like this and don't know where your money is gonna come from how is that possible I went to sell group meetings in the projects I went to sell group meetings with leaders who were on section eight I went to sell group lead meetings to people who had food stamps nothing against it if that's where you are but at some point you got to get out of that you got to believe God for more I don't need another tongue talker. I'm sorry. I praise God for it. But if you got the Holy Ghost, then you ought to get some holy money. Then I'm going to up the expectation. I'm sorry. I'm going to up the expectation. Bible says that a man that does not take care of his own is worse than an unbeliever. Gentlemen, come on. We got to take care of our own. Gentlemen, come on. We got to feel ourselves. We got to throw our shoulders back. And we have to experience victory in every area of your life. There's five areas that you should experience victory. I'll throw them on the screens for you if you're new, haven't watched before. I'm kind of preach, teaching. it's okay. I'm excited. And so I'll give them to you really quickly. Five areas of victory. The first one is the one that we're most familiar with in church, and that is victory spiritually spiritually you ought to have a prayer life spiritually you ought to talk to God spiritually you ought to have confidence to know that you're on your way to heaven that was weak I'm going to see a few more amens ma you should know you're on your way to heaven I'm going to say it one more time you shouldn't want to die but you shouldn't be afraid to die you ought to be laying in your hospital bed saying, the Lord I serve is able to deliver me, and he will. But if he does not, I know where I am going. I'm going away. If anybody want to know where I'm going, where I'm going, to, so I'm going up a yonder to be with my Lord. And if this mortal coil is swallowed up by death, death, where is your sting? Sting, where is your grave? The sting of death is sin, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I need a witness in the building. I'm planning on living another 40, 50 years, but them 40, 50 years is a grain of sand on the beach of eternity if you know your heart is right. I think I'm preaching in church. You ought to be in standing in line. The, the Bible says that we will all stand before the judgment scene of Christ to give an account of what you did in this body, whether it was good or bad. You ain't gotta believe me. If it was if I was you, I'd just go ahead and I'd rather be prepared to be judged and not be judged than not be prepared to be judged and be judged. The atheistic argument is totally stupid to me. I'd rather believe in God and be wrong than not believe in God and be I would rather have faith in God and end up in nothing than to not have faith in God and find myself standing in front of somebody that's trying to get me to give an account of what I did in this body. A lot of us drink because our soul ain't right. What is this drinking you're talking about, Pastor Andy? Well, here in North Carolina, the alcohol stores are run by the state. They built more ABC liquor stores, ABC liquor stores during COVID than churches. I know y'all don't know nothing about this alcohol, but there's this stuff that people drink mm, uh, that give you a feeling, uh, I got a feeling everything on to A lot of people drink, self-medicate, 40% of the population is on some kind of antidepressant, and a part of it is because your soul ain't right. You're scared what's going to happen when you die. This is why you get saved. This is why you have a prayer life. This is why you read your Bible. This is why you come to church. You gather together in this with the saints. If this is not enough, if you're like, well, I tuned in and I watched it and I just don't feel the same. Right. Get your hips up, take a shower, and come on down to the church house. Hallelujah. Because there's something that happens when you come together with a believer. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I know you got to get your kids dressed, but your kids need to be in some church. Your, your seed. Woo-hoo! Anyway, spiritually. You ought to have strength. Number two, physically. On the screens, physically. Health is wealth. My dad used to say, I'm not afraid to die. I'm just afraid of the process of dying. I want to die with my strength. I'm not trying to die sick. I'm not trying to die in a nursing home. I'm not trying to die in a wheelchair. I'm trying to walk. I'm trying to be 80, and I'm trying to be 90. I'm trying to be for real. I'm trying to take care of myself. I'm trying to eat right because what is the point of having all this Jesus and physically I'm a mess? Number three, mentally. Sorry, but every single solitary American, at least, needs a little bit of therapy. I'm going to speak that over everybody. If you have yet to see a therapist, you better get down to one. We got a counseling center at World of You better go. They don't have to be a Christian counselor. You better get some therapy. And the more crazy your background, the more you need therapy. Country ghetto therapy. five years in prison? Therapy! Daddy left you? Therapy! Mama crazy? Therapy! Somebody bothered you or molested you, abused you? Therapy! We can pray for you but you better get some therapy. Don't bring your molestation into your mat. My God. You better get free that we can pray for you but you better sit down and have a conversation with someone. Can't sleep? Therapy! I need a witness in the building. Don't like somebody, get some therapy. Yelling at cars outside, therapy. If you are mad at strangers, you'll need therapy. Road rage, therapy. I just need to pray. No, you need some therapy is what you need. How can you be strong spiritually and be weak mentally? Most of what we think of as a test of our spirit is really a test of our mind. And you can't live today and not have your mind constantly tested. You just won't be able to read anything. I wake up every day, I read the Bible and I read the papers every day. Every day. Because it doesn't make any sense to have Jesus and not have information to apply him to. I need to know what's happening. I need to know what's going on in the Ukraine. I need to know what's going on right now between Hezbollah and what's going on with Hamas and what's going on with Israel. I need to know that because I need to understand what's happening. I need to know the truth. Can I get a witness in the building? i got to be able to mentally handle it. If you're like, la, 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 I don't want to know. If you don't want to know, you need therapy. there would be nothing worse than for you to find out you have something that could have been treated three years ago. If you had just had the mental courage, this ain't even my sermon, but I'm just stuck here. Son. It's it, it would be a shame for you to find out just because you're scared to get a colonoscopy, bro. They put you to sleep. I feel you, dude. I'm with you, bruh. I had a female doctor just because of it. I wanted somebody with little hands checking my prostate. (laughs) I don't want some ex-football player saying, let's go, whatever. With them swole knuckle. Mm -mm. I had me a woman doctor. Women doctors are great, but I was picking doctors by hand size. As soon as I met her she had them tiny little times are like, you I'm about to be 40 you can do this thing we're scared to get our prostate checked we're scared to get our hub well, gentlemen we're scared to go to the doctor we're scared to get tested we're scared to find out what we have we're scared to get our PSA we're scared to get a cone. we're scared that's that's mental weakness Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. We got to get stronger. Gentlemen, we think we are so tough. All right, then face the reality of where you are in your life. Have a conversation, figure it out. It's amazing how much we don't learn just because we're mentally terrified. Number four, relationships help us. Holy ghost. When we're talking about relationships, we're not just talking about romantic relationships. We're talking about every relationship you have. We're talking about relationships with your children. We're talking about relationship with your parents. If you have adult children, you've got to figure out how to have a relationship with your adult children. And your adult children have to figure out how to have a relationship with you. And don't let them have their own money. If they have their own money, then they really start feeling themselves. Hey, you just got to back up and be like, all right, go ahead, okay. And if you are stuck in the same, if you are determined to keep them stuck in the same system in which they always have to give you the same respect, you're going to find yourself not having a relationship with them just like you don't have a relationship with your own mama because you seventy, you 70, you 41, and she still thinks she can tell you to shut up. Oh, my God is right. Your relationships... With your children, with your friends, with your cousins, with your boy, with your girl. You gotta be successful in that. And then finally, why I'm here today, took a long time to get there, but it's okay, it's good anyhow. Number five is financially. Everybody say financially. That was weak. Everybody say financially. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say financially. I want you to have victory in your money area. That's why we've done this whole series called More Money. That's why I brought these people in. That's why I brought these specialists in. That's why we're having this Black Business Expo. That's why we're preaching about it again next Sunday. Because my prayer is that you will be financially strong. My prayer is that you will have money... My prayer is that you will have property. I'm speaking it. My prayer is that you will own your own. My prayer is that you will have investments. I speak it. My prayer is that you will have a financial advisor. My prayer is that you will leave an inheritance for your children's children's children. My prayer is that you would be above and not beneath. My prayer is that you would be the head and not the tail. My prayer is that you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. I rebuke debt in the name of Jesus. My prayer is that you will only use your credit card for big stuff and you'll pay it off right away. I pray that you will be set free from the lie of the enemy. I pray that you will be able to delay your gratification long enough to build something. I pray that you'll have a patience in your 20s so that you can work hard in your 30s and be blessed in your 40s and 50s. I pray that you will not waste your money on stuff that does not matter. I pray that the devil will get his hands out of your pocket. I pray it in the name of Jesus. I refuse to allow you to stay the same. You must get better. You must get better you must know more you must grow yourself you can't stay the same the devil not while I'm around you are going to have to learn about how money works it's a great servant it's a poor master
0: if this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible.
1: So let's look at the text because the text is about money. Now, I know that most of us think talents and think God gave talents. But this passage is talking about a weight. A talent is a weight. And so the passage says, this is what the kingdom of heaven is like. It's amazing how we apply it to everything else except to what it's talking about. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. There is an aspect of kingdom that is about money. There's an aspect of kingdom that's about expectations for stuff to be doubled. Can everybody say double? Can everybody just say double? Come on, everybody say double, double. Come on, say double. Come on, just say double. Just start saying double. I turned 55 this year. I'm like double. I'm looking for double for all of my trouble. I'm looking for double for everything that's been difficult, every lie, every hardship I've been through a lot. I'm looking for double. Servant calls His master calls his servants in to one he gives five talents, to another two, to another one, each according to his own ability. There's the first lesson right there if you're going to have money. Can't compare yourself to everybody else. Can't compare yourself to others. You can't compare yourself to other people. You can't compare yourself to other people's ability. What you have to do is run your race. Knowing where you started, one of the challenges for many of us is we are so busy comparing ourselves because of everyone we see through our phone that we are either in competition with people that have ability that's different than us or we are so overwhelmed by their success that it robs us of our ambition. You got to start somewhere. Because God is going to give you according to your own ability. When we judge ourselves by ourselves, we're not wise. So we have to be careful that we don't judge ourselves by ourselves. Because you're either going to find somebody that it's easy for you to be better than. Or you're going to find somebody that's going to make you feel worse about yourself. So what you have to do is you have to be focused on your own ability. Notice that the guy with two talents doesn't have an attitude because he didn't get five. The guy that got five got five. The guy that got two got two. The guy that got one got one. First guy that gets five immediately goes and gets to work. Because just because you've been given money doesn't mean it's going to grow on its own. Can't be lazy. He immediately went and put his money to work and doubled it. Everybody say double. I'm speaking double. He doubled, his, he doubled the money. It wasn't even his. He doubled the money that didn't belong to him. The master gave him his property. He gave him five and he doubled it to ten. The guy with two doubled it and got it to four. The guy with one dug a hole in the ground and buried it in fear. So right now, what we're looking at, beloved, is the difference between a faith move and a fear move. And so one of the other requisites for being successful financially is you cannot be ruled by fear. Fear is the devil. You're going to have to have faith to make money. You're going to have to have faith to keep money. You're going to have to have faith. If we start talking about money and all you talk about is all the problems, then inevitably you're going to be in trouble. You're never going to grow if you're only making decisions based on fear. The Lord comes back. The master comes back. And when he comes back, the guy with the five who's turned it into 10 says, look, Lord, I have taken the five you gave me and I doubled it and I made it 10. The Lord says to him, well done, Good and faithful servant, you were faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. How many folk, just by the raising of your hand, I'm almost done, have heard this phrase before, well done, good and faithful servant? Come on, y'all are church people, raise your hands. Well done, good and faithful servant. We used to sing a song in the choir. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done. When I see his blessed face, all I want to hear him say is well done. We talked about well done, good and faithful servant, as to what we're going to hear when we get to heaven. we are taking it completely, totally out of context in which this phrase, well done, good and faithful servant, has to do with the multiplication of what you've been given. It has to do with your ability to properly manage the resource that you've been given. Whether that resource is money, whether that resource is your ability, whether that resource is your gifting, whether that resource is your time. It means that God has an expectation not just to say well done when you get to heaven, but to look at you now and to say well done, good and faithful servant. Because what you've done is you saw that you were a steward of what I gave you. And instead of you wasting it, you stewarded it well. And not only did you keep it, but you grew it. So if you're 30, you want to double that to 60. And when you're 60, you want to double that to 120. You can't waste your 30s, son, because you won't be blessed in your 60s if you're wasting in your 30s. You must be faithful over the little so you can be made ruler over the many. Then he says something, Al, never saw this before. Then he says, well done, good and faithful servant. He says to him, you're faithful over the few. I'll make you rule over many. Then he said, enter into the joy of your Lord. Now, see, I always saw this as enter into the joy of the Lord. So this was always made to be very spiritual. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Enter into the joy of the Lord, and this is the joy of the Lord, and I'm I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. I'm laying my sorrow. I'm laying my pain. I'm laying it down for the joy of the Lord. But in essence, what the master says is you now will get to partake of the kind of joy that the master partakes in. And, and the joy that the master takes, the, the master's joy is that his money grew. The reason why this wasn't taught us is because we were given property, and we were given responsibility, and we were giving. the master gave us stuff, and our job was to double it and give it back to him. And we never were invited into the joy of the master they told us it was the joy of the lord because they had no intention of sharing the real joy of the master and the real joy of the master is some profit sharing the real joy of the master is that now some of it belongs to you the real joy of the master is you now get shares in the company this is kind of a weak response to a point i thought was really great The joy of the master, he doesn't say you now enter into the joy of the Lord. He says, guess what? Because of how well you've done, I'm going to let you feel a little bit what I feel. I'm going to let you eat a little bit of how I eat. I'm wish i going to let you drive a little how I drive. I'm going to let you flex a little how I flex because my joy is not in the work. My joy is in what happens when the work is done. My God, my joy is not in just the drudgery. My joy is in the exponential growth that's about to happen in my life. I'm going to speak that over everybody. My joy is that my money is working while I'm not working. We have no idea where the master was. For all we know, he went on a vacation. He said, You've been faithful over a little. I'm going to make you ruler. I'm going to make you rule over much. So now, enter into the joy of your Lord. We over spiritualize this passage trying to get everybody to enter into the joy of the Lord when what we really ought to be doing is trying to get into the joy of Trump's. We ought to be trying to get into Trump's joy. We ought to be trying to get into, into every, whoever rich. I don't even want to name them. We ought to be trying to get into Oprah's joy. We need to be trying to get into Tyler Perry's joy. We need to be trying to get into uh, whoever's in my mind. I can't think of nobody. Buffett's joy, whoever got joy, like a river, whoever, I'm so tired of Jesus' joy. I praise God for Jesus' joy, but I want me some money joy. I want me some financial. I want me some warm Buffett joy. I speak warm Buffett joy all over this room in the name of Jesus. Wouldn't you like to enter into the joy of the master? He says the same thing to the guy with two. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over the little. I'm going to make you rule over much. Now enter into the joy of thy Lord, of your Lord. You're not a smart servant if you're not looking for the master's joy. You work for Cisco, figure out what their joy is and have an expectation to enter into their joy. You work for IBM, figure out what IBM's joy is and make a determination in yourself that you are going to experience some IBM joy. We won't have to make you shout if you get some IBM joy. We won't have to hype you up. We won't have to say, give him a praise. You'll just think about the goodness of Jesus and all of the IBMs that he has done for you. And your soul will cry out. You'll wave from the back as you go get in your nice new stuff. I wish I had a witness in the building. It's a hard word. It's tight, but it's right. They tricked us. They fooled us. They duped us. Plymouth Rock fell on us. They told us to work for the joy of the Lord when the passage is saying, have an expectation for the joy of the Master. Couldn't teach it because they weren't determined, they were determined to not share it. So, America became an economic superpower because of cotton, and we did not get to partake of the blessing that had to do with the master. There were more millionaires per capita in Mississippi than any place else, and it was one of the darkest, toughest places for people that look like me. If you're not black, it's all right. I guess you're here because you love us. And so, we are a part of what made this country great financially, and yet we are still at the bottom and not at the top. The devil is a liar because we want to shout in church and we want to wear purple and we want to have crosses around us because they want to make us bishops but I declare and decree that God has an intention for you to prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers praise God for church but you better have a house praise God for church but I know I'm making the point again but I'm feeling it I'm sorry I want to see God move on your behalf I want to see God open up the door for you I want you to leave it to inheritance for your children I'm not going to be satisfied just because you get some Jesus I want you to get some kingdom. I want you to get some kingdom. I want you to get some kingdom. I want you to have an expectation of the master's joy. Can you imagine the guy with the one talent? Sitting here listening, not only seeing success, but also listening to what's promised to the folk with faith. I want to challenge every one of us one-talent people. I know I've been there myself where I am terrified to step out. (laughs) But, beloved, one of the lessons of this story is it would be better for you to lose it trying than to save it and it not grow. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. Go ahead and put your hands together. I'm going to make everybody clap for that. Go ahead and put your hands together. Especially if you're younger than 40, younger than 50. This is the time to take risks. Shouldn't be overly satisfied with a paycheck and some consistency when you're 28 years old and 32 years old. You're trying to ball too soon. 32 is not the time to ball. 32 is the time to be hungry. 32 is the time to be a little worried. 32 is the time to be a little bit scared. You scared to be scared when you're 34? You gotta be set at 35. You have been taught the wrong thing. 35 is the time to be nervous. 35 is the time to try something because you can go work two, three more jobs if you have to to make your thing happen. I wish I had a witness in the bill. You don't want to do that when you're 70. You need to do that now. Who told you you're supposed to be rich at 28? It is the lie of social media. You're supposed to have it all set. The wealthiest people are over 70. So take a deep breath and relax. You got time to get there. And if you take care of yourself, you will enjoy your 50s if you have the courage to not be afraid in your 30s. i rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. If you're 30, you ought to have a side hustle. You and I have a side game. How dare you just work for the master? Woo-hoo. You're burying your talent in a ground. You decided to bury your talent in a company because they give you something steady and you're worth 10 times what they pay you. But you're just glad to get your check and you're just glad to get your health insurance. That's wonderful when you're 64, but at 33, come on now. I know I'm bothering you and me. He buries it in the ground. He comes to the Lord and says, look, I, I didn't lose it. I didn't make nothing with it, but I didn't lose it. I know we just expect all this compassion. We've been so raised by our mamas that we just expect hugs and kisses for everything. Mamas are so wonderful. But this is a harsh passage because the master said you wicked lazy servant this is jesus telling this story elder clark this is jesus saying how dare you be lazy and wicked What's the wickedness? It's not like he wasted the money on wild living. No. In Jesus' mind, lazy and wicked go together. Should have came back and gave me something. And then he says in verse 29 to everyone who has, take that one talent from that that wicked, lazy guy and give it, he actually calls him, what does he call him? He says this wicked and lazy servant and he says this unprofitable, cast the unprofitable into the darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a tough passage. This is a hard passage why we don't preach it a lot because it gives us a glimpse into the mind of God that if you're not profitable, what good are you? If it's not profitable, then why do it? Why does this tree take up the soil? Let's dig it And dung it and let it reproduce. And and the 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 servant, the master's like, cut it down. The servant comes and says, Look, let's not cut it down yet. Let me dig around and let me dug it. Let me try to get it to be fruitful because I have an expectation that the master expects profitability. It's a hard passage. It's a tough passage, especially today, because at the end of it all, beloved, you will have to answer. You will have to answer. This idea that you can live free and die how you want is not true. Every one of us will have to answer. You're going to have to answer to life. Life will demand an answer from you. Get 70, you're going to find out. Get 75, get find out. Get 80, you're going to find out. Get 85, you're going to find out. How you die will be determined on how you lived. Oh, my goodness. I need a witness in the building. Well, I'm 27. All right, you're going to have to answer to life. You're going to have to answer to your kids. Your kids is who you owe. They didn't ask to be here. They don't owe you, you owe them. You're gonna have to answer to them. One of the days, they're gonna look at you, well, like you have sense or not. You have to answer to them. You have to answer to God. You will give an account. Whether you give an account to God, whether you give an account to life, you will answer. I will answer. Every one of us is going to answer. Not only you're going to answer to God, you're going to answer to your creditors. You're going to answer to age. I need a witness in the building. You're going to answer to age. Age is going to ask you some questions. And whether you can stand up or not will be based on what you did now. Listen to the gray head people. If you, Anybody who can stand up is because they've been standing for a minute. I never, ever push up with my arms. I never, uh, no, I put my legs under me. There you go, Elder Clark. Come on, let's do it together. Put them feet under you. Stand up. Because whether you're going to be able to stand at that age depends on how you stand now. And everybody who grabbing for something in your 30s and 40s, you're not going to be able to get up in your 70s. 74. Got a wife and everything. I need a witness in the building. Gentlemen, you want everything to stand up. Okay, let me move on. What I'm telling you uh, is you better take care of it now. Mm. Yeah, bro, I saw you standing up. Come on, bro, let's stand up. He, bro back there said, oh, yeah, that's right. Stand up, bro. Throw your shoulders back. That doesn't start now. That started 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. You will answer. All of creation will give an account. And my prayer is that you'll prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Put your hands together if you heard a word from the Lord. Can we give? Let's give real quick. Let's just do this building fund offering really quickly. This, this breaker done gone out again. And so everybody's gonna have to take a look at this screen here to the left if you can. If you're watching live all around the world, real quick, this Black Business Expo's about to go. Folks have already moved out to their table. So let's go ahead and give. Take a picture of that QR code. You can give to Victory Park. need an offering envelope raise your hand one of the gatekeepers will come to you quickly and give you an offering envelope okay black business expos about to happen right now please don't leave because i want you to i didn't want to take this long but it was good harvest fest is next sunday immediately after our 10 a.m service is our harvest fest this great thing we did for kids we don't really let our kids celebrate halloween are you giving are you giving are you giving are you giving can you give right can you give i'm just doing announcements but i want you to give okay give and it shall be given unto you again good measure press down shaking together running over let's give in this building fund offering let's exercise faith in the lordship of christ okay exercise faith in this particular moment but the black business expo is about to start now harvest fest is next sunday there's a black tie affair november 27th that's uh, a that, that that it's the get ready to groove the night away at our motown sound black time Affair. black tie affair an unforgettable evening of soulful melodies elegant attire timeless tunes Let's step back in time and dance to the rhythm of Motown's greatest hits. Okay, grab your black tie and best ground and get ready to make memories that will last a lifetime. Okay, hallelujah. Prime time. I don't know if that applies to me, but I think I'm going to be there. So anyway, I want you to know about that. Amen? Can we give? Anybody hear a word from the Lord this morning? You want to be a giver? You want to be a tither? You want to walk by faith and not by fear and not by sight? And we're on our way to a wealthy place. And we have our plans together and about to break ground. And we've been, we've been a, a, on this path to getting into our own space. And God is with us. And you giving, especially around the world but in the room, is a part of it. Come on, let's bow our head and pray for this offering. God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to sow. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to preach and teach. Thank you for the anointing that destroys the oak. Thank you, Lord God, for the oil that you've poured on us today and the wisdom that you've given us. Now God, set us free. Set us free. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen set us free from the hand of our oppressor. You said you'd make us rich so that we can be generous on every occasion and gloriously give thanks to God. Lord, we will not forget you when you bless us. In Jesus' name. God bless you as you give, as you give, as you give. If you can just let these gentlemen just collect these buckets real quick, and if you gave through the QR code through the app. Thank you for your generosity. Your tithes belong to God, but your offering is something that you give above and beyond just your tithes, and that's your generosity. Thank you for that. We must come together. We must unite together if God is going to use us in the way that He wants to use us. It's not just who received, but it's who gave. So glad that you were with us this morning. This Black Business Expo is about to happen, so please. Don't run right out the door. It's only 12 o'clock. Games don't even start till one. You got a DVR. Come on, gentlemen. Go and just kind of take a look. We need to do business with one another. I said we need to do business with one another. I said we need to do business with one another. Every other minority group in the country lives with one another and does business with one another except us. For whatever reason, our dollar does not stay in our community. We have been tricked into thinking that it must be better if it's not us. And so we must come together. This Black Business Expo is the first one. My plan is for us to do one like once a quarter. And so we're going to be doing them multiple times in the new year. So if you didn't get on this one, you'll be able to get in on the next one. And uh, there's all kinds of folks that are over there, even folks that are... That we'll talk to you about insurance and financial services and those kinds of stuff. Folks that are in there are folks who are faithful. Amen? All right, jump on your feet. Let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all the days of our lives. Thank you. Thank you for your will being done in us. Thank you. Thank you for your kingdom come. Thank you. Thank you for the anointing on us. Thank you. Thank you that you're blessing us from the crown of our heads to the soles of our feet. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for saving our souls. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood. Empower us as we go to this Black Business Expo and as we... Consider doing business with one another and endeavor to do business with one another. I pray for every business represented there. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless everybody, 30, 60, and 100-fold. I'm praying for double, for everybody's trouble in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing our bodies. Thank you for healing our minds. Now, God, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing is too difficult for you. Stretch forth your hand and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus heal us and as we always pray bless your people make your face shine upon your people be gracious to your people favor on your people in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and nominee patria Filii, Spiritu Sancti. have your way in us in jesus name we all sit together amen god bless you
0: greet somebody don't forget to go to that black business expo now Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.